Welcome to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. My name's Giles Brandreth, and I'm here with my daughter, Afra Brandreth. How are you doing, Afra? Very well, feeling very Christmassy. I'm feeling Christmassy. I am in London, England. You are in Cheshire, England. And this is going to be a very special Christmassy episode of the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast because, well, we're basing it around the University of Chester, which is at the heart of what makes the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast the success it is. I thought I would begin to set the scene with a very famous Christmas poem by the great Thomas Hardy. And this poem, well, I expect a lot of people have heard of it. It's called The Oxen. And maybe it's a traditional poem. It's by a great British writer. I hope you enjoy it. And then we're going to travel literally around the Commonwealth with some of our guests who hail from different parts of the Commonwealth. We're going to share with us some of their poems. And I hope, Afra, you've got a Christmassy poem as well. I have indeed. Good. Well, here we are. This is The Oxen by Thomas Hardy. Christmas Eve and 12 of the clock. Now they are all on their knees, an elder said, as we sat in a flock by the embers in hearthside ease. We pictured the meek, mild creatures where they dwelt in their strawy pen. Nor did it occur to one of us there to doubt they were kneeling there. So fair a fancy few would weave in these years. Yet I feel if someone said on Christmas Eve, come, See the oxen kneel. In the lonely barton by yonder coombe, our childhood used to know. I should go with him in the gloom, hoping it might be so. Well, I think that's a lovely poem. It's a traditional Christmas poem. And of course, Christmas, the very name, Christmas, the Mass of Christ, it's a traditional Christian festival celebrating the birth of Jesus. But in the Commonwealth, we celebrate faith of every kind, and indeed people of no faith at all. But this is Christmas time, so we are enjoying some Christmas traditions. Uh, let's, Afra, tell tell us about how why we're doing this in Cheshire with the, the University of Chester team today at the end of another year of the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. It has been a busy year, hasn't it? And we've definitely travelled to quite a few countries around the Commonwealth. We've still got a few more to go on our adventure, but we're really, really lucky to be supported in this by the University of Chester and their digital department and English department. So we wanted to take the opportunity to hear from some of the students and staff at the university because they've got so much to uh, offer in terms of their skills and knowledge and joy of poetry too. So we're joined today by Holly. Um, Holly, do you want to introduce yourself? You're part of our team leading on our social media, but you're also a lecturer at the university. Tell us a bit about what you do. So I actually came to the university 10 years ago for my undergraduate degree and just never left since. Um, I absolutely love the English department. So my undergraduate degree was in English literature with fine art. I then came back and did a master's in 19th century literature and culture. And for the last four years, I've been pursuing a PhD, which I intend to submit in January. Um, but since 2020, I've also been a visiting lecturer in the department, which has been a wonderful experience. Um, it's such a supportive and creative place to be. Um, 
So that's where that's kind of been me for the last 10 years, really. And on top of that, I've also worked in different departments at the university. So I've been in the library at one point uh, and I've also been with the estates and facilities. So I get to see the great work that goes on across the board. People who don't know the University of Chester, it's really quite an old foundation. It began in Victorian times. It was really founded as a teacher training college. And then over the years, it's evolved into the university. It now is teaching a whole range of subjects. When you're lecturing, Holly, what are, what are your principal subjects? If we come to hear you uh, giving one of your lectures, if, if I was a, a student there, what would I be learning from you? Um, so I've been incredibly lucky for the last four years. I take the first year group and we just give them an introduction to all sorts of literature, ranging from romantic poetry right up to the contemporary day. So I think we begin with William Wordsworth, William Blake, so absolutely fantastic. And then we end with Ian McEwan's Nutshell and Chimamanda Adichie Ngozi's Purple Hibiscus. Um, on top of that, I've also taught romantic poetry, um, and I also teach on a third year module regarding the fashioning of fiction. So just across the board um, recently. But it's absolutely fantastic because you get to delve into all these different texts with loads of ranges um, of students. So it's been a wonderful experience. Now, we're very lucky. The Commonwealth Poetry Podcast, we have partners across the board. The Royal Commonwealth Society is one of our partners, but the University of Chester is a principal partner. And one of the reasons it is, is that I am honoured to be the Chancellor of the University of Chester. I hasten to add that this is an honorary position, and I am merely the ceremonial head of the university. It's the Vice-Chancellor and her colleagues who do all the real work. I just turn up on high days and holidays, on when graduations, dressed in wonderful traditional robes, and have the privilege of handing out degrees and congratulating people like you. But 56 countries in the Commonwealth, how many of them are represented at the University of Chester within both the faculty and the student body, roughly? Um, so we currently have students from over 28 countries across the Commonwealth. Um, and we also have 66 members of staff from Commonwealth countries, including a number of students in uni jobs. So that's a position which allows them to work flexibly alongside their studies. And well, we've been very lucky with the podcast having exactly those sort of people helping us. Can you give us, can you name one or two of the countries just to give us a flavour of how far we reach? Well, it's, it's, it's incredible because a lot of the countries we've already visited is kind of part of our student population. Um, so Nigeria, um, India, also Estewani, I think we recently completed. But all in all, we have 10,878 students from the UK with an additional 3,397 students from those 28 different countries. Um, we, amongst those students, the university is pleased to take part in the Commonwealth Scholarship Scheme, which is aimed at postgraduate students across the Commonwealth to support our future innovators and leaders. Our current Commonwealth um, scholars are undertaking a Master of Science Award in Public Health Nutrition, Biotechnology, Cardiovascular Health and Rehabilitation, as well as Family and Child Psychology. My goodness, well, when we yeah, sign up, this sounds fantastic. <laughs> Now, you also, Holly, before we lose you uh, and introduce our special Commonwealth uh, poets, um, you are masterminding our website and if people want to be in touch with us, 
Uh, how, how does that work? If people listening to this think, oh, I've got a poem that I'd like to share, or I'd like to ask you to visit this country or celebrate that particular poet, how do they go about that? Um, well, the University of Chester is currently a proud member of the ACU. So if you're already following the ACU on its social media platforms, so Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, you can also find us on there. So follow us via the ACU. Stands for what? The Association of Commonwealth Universities. And that's the first and oldest international university network established in 1913. And the ACU is an international organisation dedicated to building a better world through hard education. The ACU has over 400 member universities in more than 40 countries across the Commonwealth. So if you're following the ACU and you're a part of that, you can get in touch with the podcast through there. Alternatively, if you want to get in touch with us, we love to hear your comments on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. In addition, you can visit us at the commonwealthpoetrypodcast.co.uk where we have a share your thoughts forum and you can drop a comment on any episode we've done so far. In it, uh, alternatively, uh, you can also comment on any um, of our posts on Twitter as well. Oh, you're brilliant. Holly is brilliant. And of course, Holly, you were named for this Christmas episode. We've been keeping you under wraps until we, the Holly and the Ivy, when they are both full, and etc. I won't sing to you because people are asking me not to. But do you have a favourite poem or a favourite poet, favourite poem with a Christmas flavour to it? Yeah, so one I'd like to share today is by Helen Maria Williams, a British poet, novelist and essayist um, who was known for her support of radical causes. Um, but the poem in question is to Mrs. K on her sending me an English Christmas plum cake at Paris, which is basically about receiving a lovely gift and being reminded of home, which I think is very poignant in, uh, in recognition that not all of us get to spend Christmas with family. I haven't heard of this poet. What, what period does she come from? Uh, the 18th century. Oh, so, the, oh my gosh, this is so two, at least 200 years old. <laughs> yeah, I'll go very traditional. <laughs> What's her name again? Uh, Helen Maria Williams. Helen Maria Williams, an 18th century poet. Well, it's a fascinating theme. Please, Holly, give us this poem. What crowding thoughts around me wake, what marvels in a Christmas cake. I say what strange enchantment dwells, enclosed within its odorous cells. Is there no small magician bound, encrusted in its snowy round? For magic surely lurks in this, a cake that tells of vanished bliss. A cake that conjures up to view the early scenes when life was new, when memory knew no sorrows past, and hope believed in joys that last. Mysterious cake whose folds contain life's calendar of bliss and pain, that speaks of friends forever Fled and wakes the tears I love to shed. Off shall I breathe her cherished name, from whose fair hand this offering came. For she recalls the artless smile of nymphs that deck my native isle, of beauty that we love to trace, allied with tender, modest grace, of those who, while abroad they roam, retain each charm that gladdens home, and whose dear friendships can impart a Christmas banquet for the heart. A Christmas banquet for the heart. How lovely. A, a present from a friend who isn't there. Lovely. Holly, you're fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Holly. And if people want to get in touch with us, Holly is our conduit and uh, she is our, our very own, well, she's you know, say our very own Christmas pudding. I mean that in a good way, in a positive way. Uh, now, Afra, introduce, please, if you would, the four Commonwealth poets and uh, associates of the University of Chester who are our very special guests today. 
We've got some fantastic students with us today. I'll let each of them introduce themselves in turn and let you know um, where they're joining us from. Some from Chester, some, uh, at least one of our guests joining us from India today. And uh, each of them has an interest or a passion in poetry and podcasts. So they'll tell us a little bit about that too. Should we start with our guest in India? Why not? Hello, India. Good evening, India. Good morning, India. India, where are you? India, here I am. Uh, hello, Mr. Bandrit. And uh, hello, Mr. Bandrit. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Matiraj. And you uh, can call us, excuse me for interrupting, you must call me Giles, even though I am the Chancellor and extremely important. I still want to be called Giles. And my daughter, Afra is happy to be called Afra. She's, she's based in Cheshire. I'm based in London. But I come to the University of Chester whenever I can. And where are you speaking to us from? Uh, I'm speaking from Chennai, Mr. Giles. And Chennai is exactly where in India? It's uh, in down south. So Chennai is the olden day Madras. So it's oh. it's it's right uh, about Sri Lanka, somewhere nearby. So it's in the southern state of Tamil Nadu. And uh, we share our coastline with Bay of Bengal. So it's a beach city, wonderful city. And yes. Uh, I came here just yesterday. In fact, I was in London with my parents uh, uh, yes, a day before yesterday. And uh, we came here uh, yesterday morning and I, I, I swore to myself that I would say this on call when I'm with you. Uh, I feel really motivated to be here speaking right now because every day when I used to work out in Chester in the gym, I used to see you on the morning uh, show in TV and I would be like, wow, this man is really interesting. And here I am today on a call with you. So well, I'm really, really proud about myself. <laughs> and I'm pleased to say people can see this around the Commonwealth because the program I do in the mornings is called This Morning. And it's yeah. available via something called ITVX globally. Now, tell me, how do people celebrate Christmas in India, in your part of India? Do they have Father Christmas? Do they have things like reindeer and sledges? And, you know, what, what goes on? Uh, so uh, Christmas is celebrated in India, of course, because we have a very good Chris, uh, Christian population and it, it is very different from what it is in the UK. Uh, we do have the Christmas tree and we do have uh, holidays and we do have the cold weathers, not as cold as UK, but we do have some cold uh, days in December and we don't share much of the uh, drinking culture. But we do have cakes, we have homemade chocolates, and we make biryani for Christmas for some reason, because biryani is an emotional food for all of us in the southern state, at least. And, uh, and, and we all get together, watch a movie or something that gets released as a Christmas special, and we exchange gifts. And uh, yeah, that's does, how does, does Father Christmas visit southern India? With a sleigh, does he come? Do you have chimneys that he can come down, leave presents? Is that a tradition? Well, uh, no sightings as for what was reported to me, but I believe he does because he's more more international than the Commonwealth itself, if you may. Very good. Well done. So what are you going to share with us? So I do have a poem written on the lines of holidays. Uh, it might be a little bit of a stretch than just centered around Christmas, but uh, here it goes. Holidays. Every year, all 365 days get celebrated in far too many festive ways, not centered around one community or region. In Chennai, we celebrate festivals across religions. Come January, 
we put on our crisp new clothes, shower, play, and go bug Murugan for the fresh pongal, sugarcane, and muruk. The festivities and delicacies of Thai pongal goes on. Murugan's door never closes. Come March, we wear attire that's willing to retire of the closet for the time of Holi, the festival of colors. Careful we must be of the surprise of splashing dyes, launching colorful clouds all over the skies. We pester the holy hell out of Madhuri for many, many sweets made at our place. Onset of March, awaiting to be shared when Holi came. Despite there being a biryani shop popping up in every corner of Chennai city, come the months between April to September, the gang goes bugging Muhammad for the mouth-watering mutton biryani and Chennai's iconic crunchy chicken 65. All weighed out waiting for us not in boxes but in the buckets. Between October and November, amidst the firecrackers and the brightly lit sky, a long line stands at Madhu's door to burst some crackers Make the way to cinemas, enjoy a bloody good movie, and return back to her house, hungry for the Natakoli Kolumbi and Pachasadam. Oh, the dish's name itself calls for a waterfall in my mouth. Rolls in December, we stand at our friend Michael's door for the season not only to be jolly, but to receive handmade cakes and homemade chocolates. The blues of no more holidays kicks in six days after the cakes and chocolates, but the seventh day on the calendar gets refreshed, lining another busy schedule of bugging our buddies for food and festivally fun. Festivals were created by communities and religions, but in my dear Chennai, we never let them constrain us to not sharing the fun. Our national pledge goes, all Indians are my brothers and sisters. Chennai City's festive culinary adventures attest to the same. Thank you. Thank you. We love that, don't we? Rounds of applause here. All over the world, and we—I have to tell—I'm going to be telling my family: forget the turkey and the trimmings, the the sprouts, and all the rest of it. We want biryani. That's going to be my Christmas dish in future. Amazing! Fantastic. So it's a, a year-round holiday in Chennai. Clearly, you'll go oh, from yeah. one festival to another. What's interesting about Christmas, to be serious for a moment, is the idea of a winter celebration is universal and goes back literally thousands of years. Around the winter solstice, uh, every culture, I think literally every culture in the world, has had a, a, a winter celebration of some kind, heralding often you know, the end of one year and the advent of the light getting brighter and the spring coming. So a year of festivals round is fantastic. And you now, what are you doing at the University of Chester? Are you still a student or have you graduated? Where are you? Yeah, well, uh, I am in my third year right now, studying BA English Literature and uh, Creative Writing. Mm -hmm. And your ambition, long term? My long term ambition is to keep publishing novels until I have the energy to write. And my other passion is to keep cooking for all the hungry stomachs out there, filling it with tasty food. Well, look, when you're when I'm next in Chester and you're in Chester, I'm going to be finding you so that you can create a wonderful biryani uh, for me. And I I'm will try to invite back. myself to that as well. Yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> and we, we can have a biryani feast and I will try and write a biryani ode. Uh, that's brilliant. Who, who's next in the lineup, Afra? Well, so from Biryanis in Chennai, we're off to uh, Nigeria, well, via Chester, to meet Isaiah. Isaiah. Hi, Afra. Hi, Giles. 
Well, it's good to be. I thought Isaiah was a book in the Bible. It turns yeah. out to be a guy from Nigeria. Um, Absolutely. Are you named after the prophet Isaiah? Is it a, is Absolutely. It, is it a popular name in, in Nigeria, Isaiah? I wouldn't say it's a popular name. Well, my dad, uh, I grew up in a Christian family. My dad really religious. So I think he must have a fondness fun fun for the prophet Isaiah and decided to name me after him. It's a very stylish name, if I may say so, Isaiah. And what is your background? Who are you? Um, I'm Isaiah. I'm from Nigeria, um, a culture called Yoruba. I know it's a popular one, so mostly you would have heard or seen people from the culture. Um, I'm from quite a large family and um, a family that supports. The tradition in my family is actually to support each other, to love each other, and it's the same thing with the culture I'm from, resilience and people that are really hardworking. Um, I would also say I'm from a background where you actually find witty people and um, quite a number of popular people that have gone into like international or global spaces to like make um, names and careers for themselves. So yeah, I would use the word industrious for to describe my background. Well, good. Regular listeners to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast will remember a wonderful episode we did with the novelist and poet Sir Ben Okri, who is Nigerian-born. And it was a very interesting episode because he, with the help of our, with in fact, two of our students, was able to explore some of the, the darker history of Nigeria when there was civil war, you know, Absolutely. in the 1970s and 1980s. And it's a fascinating story, the evolution of Nigeria. Yeah. Is that part of your upbringing? Are you aware of all that, even though you're so young? Uh, I was aware of some of them through, you know, tales from the family, also from school. And um, we learned a lot of these stories and history from growing up in college and through high school. And personally, I think I had some interest in some of the stories, for instance, um, the beginning story, the invasion, um, and talking about how some of the cultures in um, Nigeria came to be developed after wars or maybe even before that. And personally, I think I also had, because we had this, I call them fairy tales in Nigeria, where you have like gods, you have like, you know, the stories of different gods and ancient beings from the past. And they kind of link them. It's a line between history and tales. So I had particular interest to find out more about them, which made me learn a lot more about the cultures because they spread across different cultures in Nigeria. So yeah, I'm aware of the more, the more um, modern ones and also the ancient ones. It was there for me to learn. Well, just looking at you and seeing your wonderful smiley face, I can tell that you are a person of peace and goodwill. And in theory, this is the season of peace and goodwill, even though tragically in the world today, as there have always been, there is there are wars and conflicts everywhere. Absolutely. Nonetheless, we can live in hope. What are you going to read to us? I mean, are you a writer? What is your background in terms of writing? Yeah, um, I'm a creative writer. I picked up that from my dad and um, only did not develop it because my parents wanted me to become a doctor while I was younger. But anyway, I got into writing in my fourth year in undergrad, my fourth undergraduate year. And um, I developed myself as a poet, would write stories, share with people, write poems. And now I have like um, an Instagram page dedicated for my poetry. And um, right now I've just concluded my 
dissertation submitted and got my results. So I'm done with my master's at the university. And um, I'm waiting just now for my graduation in March. Oh, and, um, it's on the, either the 14th or the 15th of March? Yeah, on the 14th. I'll, I'll be saluting you, shaking your hand. What I'll, is your, what, what is the subject of your master's? I did digital marketing. I My dissertation was to find out um, football fans' perception of digital transformation technologies in English Premier League football because I also have like a real interest in football and at the same time in digital transformation, digital marketing technologies. So I decided to like merge both my interests as a topic for my dissertation. It went pretty well. You're extraordinary. Football, digital marketing, and poetry. Well, you, you combine all three. It's extraordinary. What are you going to share with us? What, what's the poem you've got for us? I've got a poem. Um, it's called December. And um, I wrote it after I found out about podcasts recently, not being home with family and all that. And um, I think the poem is just in a way trying to shed the light on how it feels sometimes to not be with family and at the same time how times have changed from what Christmas used to be as a kid. Um, here it goes. And once whistling winds strip the trees into their skeletal bareness, I become like a time traveler, conveyed in the scent of falling leaves to a time when the bells actually jingled and the Christmas song sounded, sounded anew. Before Santa traded his pot belly for six packs of smart technologies, when the actual star of the season sat at the top of the tree, a time when love was a song sung by all the faithfuls lined up on glistening altars, when the night breathed silence, holy, with stars that do not stop twinkling, when time would slow down that we got to celebrate all the 12 days of Christmas, and the sweet voices of the herald angels. Maybe it's my euphoric bias for the past or strong attachment to sentiments, but I get stuck in a time when the winds carried a stronger bite and the naked trees looked so beautiful adorned in all white. Um, it's called December. That was fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Isaiah. Well, we're definitely getting into the Christmas and wintry feel of things. Um, now we're going to go and meet uh, Duha. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Hello. Hello, it's, Duha. Uh, Duha. It's oh, an say Arabic name. Duha. Duha. Oh, uh -huh. fantastic. What does it mean? Uh, it means morning light. Oh. Well, there we are. We go from the December night, the December light to morning light. Duh. Morning light. Very good. So where, where are you from and what is your association with the University of Chester? Uh, I'm from Kashmir. Uh, it's a valley. Uh, most people, when I introduce myself, they ask me if I'm Indian or Pakistani, but I am Kashmiri. We won't ask you if you are from India or Pakistan. We accept you as a Kashmiri. We are inclusive. And what what are you studying at the moment? What stage are you at in your journey through the University of Chester? I'm in my uh, first year of my undergrad. Oh, you just started. Yeah. Are you, are you liking it? Definitely. Good. I'm loving it. Well, that's what the Chancellor wants to hear. I'll pass the word on to the Vice-Chancellor. Good. Excellent. Um, so what, what are you going to share with us in terms of poetry? 
uh, I have two poems mm-hmm. uh, today. One I've written myself and the other is by Christiana Georgina Rossetti. Love came down at Christmas. Love all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead. Love incarnate, love divine. Worship we are Jesus, but wear with for sacred sign. Love shall be our token. Love shall be yours and love shall be mine. Love to God and to all men. Love quickly and gift, gift and sign. That's lovely. And who is the poet there? Christina Georgina Rossetti. And who is this? You say they're well known. Christina uh, Rossetti. Uh, Christina, Christina Rossetti. Rossetti. Was, that, was that by Christina Rossetti? I'm so sorry. Yes. My gosh. Oh, well, how charming. That was written a long time ago. I mean, it's a Victorian poem, Christina Rossetti. Oh, well, um, shame on me for not recognizing it. Am I right in thinking that quite a few Christmas carols are um, written by Christina Rossetti? I think you are right. Um, there's, in fact, a very famous one written by is her, it, isn't there? Is it in the bleak midwinter? <laughs> I think it is in the bleak midwinter. Absolutely. Christina Rossetti, absolutely written that. And I think that uh, crossover between poetry and songs and nursery rhymes and uh, is, you know, really comes out when you think about things like Christmas carols and how a lot of them are poetry. And her life began and ended around Christmas, because I'm just looking her up here, and I see that she was born on the 5th of December in 1830, and she died on the 29th of December, 1894. Oh, there you are, the great Christina Rossetti. Wonderful. Um, Good. Uh, And I think she wrote quite a lot of religious poetry there. Um, But rather lovely to hear it uh, from you, and I didn't realize who you were quoting. Fantastic. Now, who is the, what's the poem of your own you're going to share with us? Uh, so it's about Kashmir. Uh, who do I tell that I ain't crying for my homeland anymore? The land I've been living in has stains of blood. Under each footstep is an unknown grave. Who do I tell that there's blood on my clothes too? I've been murdered long ago. Who do I tell that I can't lose anything anymore? The land under me is not Kashmir anymore. I've dug my grave with my own hands and buried myself. Who do I tell? Mm-hmm. Well, that's tough stuff. My gosh, you're you're not hiding your Kashmiri light under a bush, are you? You're putting it right out there and up front. Well, on the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast, we love free speech. And so we're pleased to give you an opportunity to share your powerful poem with us. Thank you so much. Who's next in our amazing poetry lineup, Afro? Well, next, we're joined by Shraddha, who's one of our um, podcast team, who's joined us recently to help with editing the podcast. So unlike some of our other guests, she's not um, an English student herself, but she can tell you about what she's studying at the University of Chester. Uh, My name is Shraddha, and I am in my second year undergraduate. I'm studying music production and performance, which means I produce music and I sing as well. I am from Singapore, um, but my parents are from India, so I'm a third-gen kid. And uh, I'm also happy to say that they're from Chennai, which is also where our Indian poet is from. Uh, I speak Tamil, which is also the main language spoken in Chennai as well. And what poem have you chosen to share with us today? I actually chose a poem by from Singapore, actually, because 
Um, a lot of people have uh, misconceptions about how Christmas is celebrated in Singapore. They assume that, you know, again, because it's an Asian country, you know, uh, Christmas is not a, a big deal. But um, having grown up in Singapore, I would say that is it is probably more of a big, big, it's a bigger deal than most other Asian holidays. Um, so you will see, like, you will see Christmas trees being put up at the end of September. Um, and there are Christmas wonderlands as well. And it's amazing. I just, I've never personally celebrated Christmas because my parents never, we never celebrated Christmas, but I've always liked the idea of it, you know? So I found a poem that I kind of think, um, represents just like the happiness of any kind of holiday, you know? Yeah. Go for it. We're looking forward to it. Okay, so it's called Just For You Greetings. Bright blessings bloom, rich raptor rooms, lavish love lives, grand glimpse gives, prize precious pace, see sacred space, joy jumpstarts jazz, face feeling fest. Peace ponders poise, charm, clever choice. Glimpse, greeting good, mind, meeting mood. Wise wordings will, frame, feisty feel. And this is not that long of a, of a poem, but I think it just, it just kind of summarizes how I just feel about holidays in general. They're just happy for no reason, you know, so doesn't have uh, to make you, sense. You, it makes sense. And you are the mistress of alliteration. My goodness. Uh, it's feisty. It's fun. It's fabulous. Yeah. Like like you. Are we allowed to uh, tell people about Niall, the, the mystery man in the background who does all the real work? Um, introduce Niall to us and see if he's got something he wants to say. Uh, if, if only I don't want to say anything. We're delighted that Niall is part of our podcast team. He started out when he was a master's student um, through the Chester University Uni Job Scheme. Um, and he's learned production through his time doing that job. And he's now working full time at the university. So, Niall, happy Christmas and welcome. Thank you. Um, yes, I'm always hiding quietly in the background of all the recordings. Yes. I, I just wanted to mention before I go, I certainly don't want to read it because I don't think that I'll do it justice at all. But I thought that I'd mention uh, one Christmas poem is uh, Talking Turkeys by Benjamin Zephaniah. Oh. Um, Benjamin Zephaniah unfortunately recently passed away, um, but he was an honorary graduate of the University of Chester and obviously a, a very talented, talented poet. And, and it's brilliant to mention Benjamin Zephaniah. He came... University of Chester to accept an honorary degree. And we're very blessed in that the degree ceremony always takes place in Chester Cathedral, which is a thousand years old. And it's a wonderful ceremony. And he spoke and performed and really, well, he was electrifying. He was a remarkable individual with a challenging background who rose above it and created some wonderful poetry. And almost certainly in the UK, maybe internationally as well, um, his Turkey's uh, Christmas poem is famous, taught in schools and, and loved by many. It's a wonderful idea to remember him. Um, I won't, I've got a copy of, of his poem in my collection of poetry, which is called Dancing by the Light of the Moon. 
which includes quite a few Christmas poems. I won't attempt to do it because you really need to have his voice, his accent, his manner to perform it correctly. But I do recommend that people look it up. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. That's very good. Now, Afra, have you got a poem for us? Oh, I have. I've got a fun uh, Christmas poem called Dear True Love by U.A. Fanthorpe. And this poem is a little twist on the 12 days of Christmas. Leaping and dancing means toing and froing. Drummers and pipers loud banging and blowing. Even a pear tree needs room to grow in. Goose eggs and gold top when I'm trying to slim. And seven swans swimming, just where could they swim? Mine is a small house. Your gifts are grand. One ring at a time is enough for this hand. Hens, collie birds, doves, a gastronomy's treat. But love, I did tell you, I've given up meat. Your fairy tale presents are wasted on me. Just send me your love and set all the birds free. That's a lovely poem. Well done, Afra. We're going to give you the last word, Afra. We've got to thank everybody, and then we've got to say goodbye. And, and But we hope people will join us in 2024 for more episodes of the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. If you enjoy listening, do please spread the word, send out messages on social media. And if you want to discover more, Holly is there. She is your conduit, and you can get hold of us, contribute to the forum, just listen to us. And if ever you are in Great Britain, in the United Kingdom, come to the northwest of England. Cheshire is the most beautiful county in England, in the view of many, certainly in the view of Afra. And Chester is, in the view of most people, the city with the most beautiful uh, cathedral, well, one of the most beautiful cathedrals in the world, and in my view, the best university in the world. So we're giving you the last word, though, after this Christmas. Well, all that's left to say is a huge thank you to everybody who's joined the podcast today and to wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas from the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody.